Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to be focusing on all of chapter 11 of Romans. We just heard a little bit about it and we've been reading through the book of Romans. You can have a look at it as well to see what I'm talking about. But um, I just want to go back a few weeks ago I tried to explain the situation that Paul is dealing with and actually which becomes his focus uh, since chapter 9. Of course his focus is the gospel. He wants us to hear the good news. That is his focus. But um, the congregation in Rome probably began with um, soon after Pentecost with converts uh, from the Jewish faith becoming Christian. And then in Rome some people of Roman Gentile background joined the congregation as well. Now the situation at the time, there was a bit of conflict, tension. Um, there seems to have been in any case and the emperor of Rome at the time, Claudius, restricted Jewish people from gathering. A little bit, we were all restricted recently. Um, and then Claudius didn't like them at all and expelled them from Rome. Okay, and after he died, then the Jews started coming back. Now, Paul was quite concerned. At the start of chapter 9, you can see he really pours out his heart for. He's wondering what's happening when they come back because now the Christian congregation is just Roman Gentiles and uh, the people of Jewish background have come back and Paul is concerned and a bit worried. How will they be accepted back? Or will people think, even the Christian congregation, yeah, those people, they caused trouble, uh, they got expelled, they're like that, we're good, they're bad, this kind of thinking. Um, Paul was really worried about that. And uh, he was really concerned. And Paul now comes to chapter 11 and Paul's concern is for the good news, the grace of God, to be the grace of God, not just God's grace, but people showing God's grace to other people. So in the tensions that were developing in Rome and in the Roman congregation with this kind of thinking, I'm good, I'm right, they're not. Where's the grace of God in that? If you start thinking, I'm so good, you're not, where's the grace of God in that? Because then we're starting to think about me and I'm so good, what I've done. And that's not the grace of God. Let's look at our picture for this week. And it's one of these um, manuscript illustrations from the 14th century. And at first glance, it's quite confusing. It's actually a picture of King David in an open-air chapel surrounded by all this decoration, <laughs> which is not really the picture. We know we should be looking at the picture, but our eyes are drawn to the decoration and you can see flowers, deep red, golden, yellow. 
And amongst the flowers, look at that. <laughs> There's some birds. It looks like there are even some strawberries there. There's so much to see in the decoration that you can get lost looking at all that side decoration. The flowers here, the bird there, the berries there, over there. And I think something like that can happen when you're reading chapter 11 of Romans. People sometimes end up putting their focus on some little parts of it and they make the focus of Romans, in any case I've seen, uh, it's, they make much of the politics of the Middle East and connect it with predictions. And so you get a lot of talk pro or anti-Israel or pro or anti the Palestinians. But the picture is of David. And how, what does David look like? Just take a look at that. David is kneeling, for one. And another thing we notice about David is, so he's not on his throne, for example. He's kneeling. And he's got nothing on his head. No hat, no crown, nothing. And we know that David was a musician but his harp's not in his hand. It's placed by the side there. And as I said, he's kneeling, kneeling before God. And I think this is another picture of the good news which Paul is telling us. The grace of God comes to you, not earned, not deserved. It comes as a gift. And Paul continues with his concern of his, in Romans, not this I'm good, I'm right way of thinking. His concern is for the good news, for the grace of God, to be the grace of God in the lives of God's people. Now, Paul knows that there are people who reject God. And even in his own group that he's come from, he knows there are people who have rejected God. But that doesn't that doesn't turn Paul against them. And he doesn't start thinking they're no good. There's no hope for them. No, Paul himself prays. If you go right back to Romans chapter 9, Paul is in prayer and he prays knowing that God can change the hearts of people. And Paul speaks of God's love and that's what he does in the book of Romans. They speak of God's grace that comes to us through Christ. And Paul remembers that God in his grace is more patient than we are. And one of the things in Romans chapter 11 that Paul uses is this picture of an olive tree. And Paul talks about there being some branches on the olive tree that seem to be dead and aren't producing any fruit and they get cut off from the olive tree. Is that the end of those branches? Yes, it is for us, in our way of thinking, pruned off, dead branches, no life in them. But Paul talks about even them being grafted back onto the tree and being given new life again to be able to produce fruit again from the root of the tree. 
And in Paul's picture, he, he talks about there being wild olive branches, just a lot of leaves and no fruit. And he talks about them being cut off of the wild trees and grafted on to the olive tree to be able to uh, get life and produce fruit from the roots of that olive tree. And he does go on to say, if those branches become dead and lifeless, they could be pruned off too, yet again. So there's, this, there's these branches removed, but they can be grafted back on. There are worthless wild branches that can be grafted onto the, the tree. So what is Paul's focus? I think Paul's focus is here is of being connected to God and his promises and his love and his grace and that we are getting our faith and our life of faith from those roots, from God's love, his promises, his forgiveness, his grace. And with that in focus, Paul makes these points. God embraces people from all nations, tribes, languages and cultures. There's no kind of racial, national or cultural prejudices that are acceptable in Christ, in the people of Christ. Because all people are created in God's image. Christ died for all people and Christ calls all people. And it's not dependent on your race, your culture, your nation. Not at all. And another thing, God's people, by grace, are God's people. Not by human abilities, titles, traditions, knowledge or their good lives. None of that uh, qualifies them for being God's people. Who you are, what you've done, uh, what your abilities are or not, all those things, uh, they don't qualify you. It's God's grace that brings you into God's people. It's because God, in his grace, chose you. And another point is that God has open arms of welcome. Or maybe we can say he's got that... Um, Hands of grafting branches back on. Things that weren't in, things that were cut off, grafting them back on. That's God's grace breaking boundaries. Are there people we think are un unlikely to be in, the, in God's family? Well, God thinks differently. If we think mm, they couldn't be in there, we can't make the mistake of thinking we're in because of what we've done or who we are or because we're good and they're not good. They're beyond reaching. Grace overflows to unreached, what we think are unreached and unreachable people. God um, is standing there with welcoming arms. Are the people of God of no consequence? Are the people of God weak and small? Sometimes we think that. And already last week we heard from the Old Testament, Elijah thought, I'm the only one, Lord. And the Lord showed him there are 7,000. So God does the choosing, not us. So sometimes when we do the choosing, we might have less people there and think there are less people there. Uh, 
God has a bigger vision of more people and we're not that small and weak and of no consequence. And another point that Paul makes in chapter 11 is that there is something deeply attractive about people shaped by God's grace. And people who are transformed by God's grace, other people see that in our lives and they say, I want that and I want to be a part of that. It attracts people. That love, that grace, that forgiveness that we've received through Christ uh, spills out and overflows from our life into the lives of other people. And finally, maybe, no one is ever lost to God. We might say that person's lost to God. But um, who would have seemed more hopelessly lost than, the, than Paul, who was intent on eliminating the Christian church? And he does later say, of all sinners, I was the worst. Uh, he says that in one of Timothy or one of those letters. Yet this very same man, Paul, came to realize his need of a saviour and fell helpless and repentant before Jesus to receive his salvation, to be forgiven his sins, to be raised a new person. And then he shares this with all people and it becomes really a missionary to the Gentile people. Oops. Maybe we'll just leave that on the overflowing grace first. I just want to conclude with a story now. And this story, you might have seen or heard this story, I don't know, because it's not original. And it's a story coming out of the USA. And the story is about this, this woman, an elderly woman about my age, maybe, <laughs> who has gone shopping and she's got her grocery bags and she comes out, comes towards her car, and she gets the shock of her life because she sees four young men in her car. <laughs> and she comes up to her car, and she pulls out a gun and says, I've got a gun, and I know how to use it. And these four fellows just get the shock of their life, and they just tear off, frightened for their life. And she gets into her car, puts the key into the ignition, but it doesn't fit. And she looks over and she sees, oh, that's her car in the other row over there. <laughs> so she goes off to the police station and she wants to explain that she's just threatened these young men with a gun. And she's at the counter telling the story to the policeman. And the policeman has a bit of a chuckle and says, look to the end of this counter and the four young men are there filing their complaint. So they're all there in the same place at the at the counter altogether. And I think Paul, I don't know, Paul might be making a picture like that. That when we look back, we can see the mistakes that other people make and we can see the mistakes that we make and we can see how wrong we might have all had it. That we all become part of God's family despite our mistakes because of God's grace. And maybe another point in that story is we should be careful to prejudge other people too quickly. And finally, I want to go back to our picture this week, which is of David. And remember, he's there. It's not the flowers. It's not the birds and berries. They're so decorative, but they're not the focus of the picture. David is there, 
without title, without ability, without political power, without any human achievement. He's kneeling before God whose love accepts him. So when in the book of Romans, let's hear the good news of God's grace overflowing to all people. God's grace overflowing to you. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.